0: by Riverside. Garage Takes Season Three Episode Five. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to this, we're glad you're here joining us. If you have not done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five star review, positive comment review goes a long way for us. Also, new this year, make sure that you subscribe to the Garage Takes YouTube channel. You can find that over on Facebook. We appreciate any way we can grow the podcast and. Um, yeah, make sure that you hop in and do that. And just so you know, we do not post full episodes to YouTube right now. We're just kind of grabbing some short clips and trying to give uh, just sh- short little segments of of stuff that you're interested in, whether that's Michigan football, Lions, college football, NFL, you name it. Make sure that you go over to that YouTube channel and subscribe. But Brant, week one college football in the books. Um, it was exciting. I thought it delivered Um, from Florida State to Clemson, Colorado, Michigan, obviously, Um, for us. I mean, I don't think anybody else really cares if you're not a Michigan fan. Um, But week one, college football delivered. What were some of your your takeaways from this first weekend of college football?
1: Dave, I'm kind of indecisive on it. Uh, I don't know if it delivered as much as we were just starved for actual football. Um, because outside of Colorado TCU and, uh, Florida State LSU, which ended up being a blowout, um, a little underwhelming, I guess I would say overall, I didn't, I didn't love the matchups, uh, not as good as what we're going to get this weekend, uh, obviously Alabama Texas as the headliner, um, some more conference games going off this, uh, this weekend, so, I think uh, I think this weekend will be a little bit better, but overall for last weekend, if you didn't love what you saw from Prime in Colorado, you're just not a football fan, I guess, because while he's uh, talking all the talk, he's definitely walking the walk right now. And that is – it's fun to see because he's got talented players on that roster, and if they come together, it's going to be something special. And uh, obviously Travis Hunter, I mean, we can talk about him um, – all day long dave i mean as far as potential uh number one uh draft pick in the future as a cornerback uh that's a real possibility man what an absolute athlete and a dynamic player that guy is uh shador sanders obviously kind of stole the show with five touchdowns 500 yards passing incredible um and outside of that, I do want to quickly touch on the Florida State game. I mean, I came on here last week and I told you all about how I was waving the Seminole flag. Like, I was all in on him. Boy, did Keon Coleman help me prove that to be right. Um, just what an impressive game from him. Uh, awesome uh, fr- from him uh, and, and Florida State overall. And then obviously, we got uh, the Michigan game. Dave, you hit it on a little bit. You kind of just oh hum going about their business, doing their thing. J.J., throwing lasers. Um, That's one thing I did take away from it. You know, I listened to some other uh, media outlets talking about how his footwork has improved, how his pocket presence has improved, and I do agree with that. One thing I hate to see, Dave, is a, a fourth down fumble again. I mean, those are just things that just irritate me to no end with Michigan football and J.J. McCarthy. It's just something that's just been a bugaboo for his for too long for us right now to watch him be just sloppy with the football. I'm so sick of that. Um, but outside of that, defense played great. That was to be expected. East Carolina, not very good. Uh, not not too many takeaways there. And last night, I'm pretty sure we watched the death of Clemson football, which was kind of awesome to see. Duke football delivering the stake to the knife, or, or the knife to the heart of uh, Dabo Sweeney in the Clemson football program. <laughs> Thank you. I was kind of waiting for that. And that was an amazing game Uh, just to watch how sloppy Clemson actually was. And Cade Klubnick, not a very good quarterback. Um, Just kind of an awesome football weekend, Dave.
0: I I thought that uh, Clemson, I mean, when I went to bed at halftime, it was like they didn't look good, but I really didn't think they were going to lose that game. Man, Garrett Riley leaves TCU and goes over there, and you think it's going to click. Um, I, obviously, with any new offense or new schemes or what have you, there's going to be an adjustment period, but putting up seven points against Duke, whoa. Um, yeah, death of Clemson football seems like it is coming, and I, I couldn't have been more wrong about them, apparently. I know it's a week one overreaction, but at the same time, man, you go out there and lose 28-7 to Duke, Duke football, that that's inexcusable and I don't know how you come back from that I I think this Clemson team may be lucky to if that glimpse the other night was anything what they're going to to actually be I'll be shocked if this team wins more than eight games I just don't I, I I know that the ACC is not some crazy tough conference but Man, Clemson just did not look good. So yeah, super down on them. Super happy for Duke though. Like that was awesome. That was cool. Um I thought, I mean, Florida State, you were spot on. You were spot on with that. Um LSU. LSU just looked overmatched. Outcoached, out prepared. Um, Florida State just seemed to want it more. They were clearly the better team. Jordan Travis looked great. I mean, Jaden Daniels is no scrub of a quarterback. So I love that matchup. I'm I'm right there with you now. I'm I'm hopping on the you you had some good picks, some good takes last week. I'm I, I said that if Florida State went out there and did their thing, like I would buy into this team. I'm bought in. They're 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 there, they've arrived, and um, I'm excited to just see a team like North Carolina, who is not good top to bottom, but you got the The best or second best uh, quarterback in college football in Drake May. looks certainly looks NFL ready and um, excited to see what what happens there. And I mean, yeah, it is another program brand that I just thought looked horrible too is like Florida. Like that program is just in shambles too. It's just interesting to see some of these programs just kind of deteriorate. It just makes you think of, man, we had some dark years with Michigan football. That's all I could think the whole time is, like, here it comes. Here comes the downfall, and I'm sorry, guys, but buckle up for the next 15 years because it's not fun. It is not fun when you don't have Deshaun Watson
1: and Trevor Lawrence. It's not fun. Ohio State, question mark, shaky at best, looked unsettled on offense. Defense did their thing. Looked very much like uh, the hum-ho Michigan performance on defense, but uh, you're playing against an Indiana offense that is absolutely garbage. I mean, they are as bad as advertised. Uh, Tom Allen's going to lose his job. That's only a matter of if not or uh, when, not if, and um, it's a bad way for Indiana. But Ohio State, Cal McCord with no touchdown passes, that's like – the third time in the last like four years or something that that's happened and uh well, I mean,
0: Scott Brent, was... you can't <laughs> go you can't go out there and complete like three balls to two of the best receivers in the country you literally have the best player on the field and, and the best player in college football. Possibly, right? You remove quarterbacks from that conversation and what Marvin Harrison Jr. had like two catches for eighteen yards. And Mecca Abuka might as well not played like I don't know. I'm I'm questioning Ryan Day at this point. That Ohio State could still be good this year, but I am they did not do anything this past weekend that changed what I was thinking going into the weekend, which is this is not an Ohio State team like we have seen in the past and Kyle McCord did not answer any questions um Ryan and then you add the Devin Brown factor and He didn't even get in the game like it, it it just it went off the rails they they did not look well coached and not look well prepared And Indiana is like the worst team in the Big 10 maybe outside of Northwestern like it that was that was really really bad bad way to start the season um and I loved it so um loved awesome. it loved it um, and then just the last thing, yeah, Colorado, Coach Prime, I mean, what a story. Like, it's hard not to buy in. I know some people hate Deion Sanders, and they think he's arrogant and this and that. Man, I you watch all these videos of him hyping up his team, and you're like, I would run through a brick wall for that guy. Like, he just knows how to connect, knows how to motivate. Travis Hunter... Dog or leader, whatever he's, he didn't have captains on his team, they're leaders and dogs. Like, he's just doing it his way, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and they take on Nebraska this week, so that will uh, that that will be exciting to see them match up against a uh, uh, not so very not so good uh, Big Ten opponent. But anyway, Brant, we will we'll talk a little bit more college football when we get into the bets, but um, I'm excited for for week two, but. What else am I excited for? We got NFL football. So, Brant, the Detroit Lions open up the NFL season this Thursday night in Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl champion, Chiefs, Andy Reid, on the biggest stage this weekend, I mean, they, this will be uh, the game to watch. Everyone's been craving football, and there are some people that are just NFL junkies. Like, they don't want anything to do with college football. Like, this is when football starts for them, and the Lions get that stage. So, the stage is big. The, the lights will be bright. Do you think the Lions come out prepared? Do you think that they can win this game? Now, Brant. Chris Jones, doesn't look like he's playing. Contract's still up in the air. He's been sitting out. Travis Kelsey sprained his knee. Something happened today at practice when we're recording this. Sounds like he might not play. Brant, your expectations for the Lions going into Thursday night?
1: To be competitive. I expect it to be a close game. Um, I expect their, I expect their defense to do enough to keep them in this game. I don't expect the Chiefs to come out and blow this top off. I expect, Dave, probably contrary to popular belief, I don't expect a shootout uh, tomorrow. Or, well, probably the time to probably listen to this. Yes, tomorrow. I don't expect that from either one of these teams. I kind of expect a a sluggish little bit of a start here. uh, And I expect it to be close in the fourth quarter. Do I expect the Lions to win? No, I do not. I do think it's going to be close, though. I do think that the Chiefs' uh, pedigree probably pulls through in the end. And um, I expect that the uh, Chiefs will probably end up winning this game. But the Lions do enough to make us believe. And, uh, you know, that's that's all you can really hope for right now, kind of, as a Lions fan, is you want that hope. You want that belief. You want a reason to, uh, to continue to watch them. But... Uh, I, I don't think you can take much away from week one. I mean, we've kind of talked about this in the offseason, Dave. There isn't anything in week one that the Lions can do where you're like, oh, I'm off this team or I'm really on this team, you know. Uh, I think that competing with the Chiefs is a good, uh, you know, it's, it's a good check checkpoint for you just to see kind of where you are. But don't take too much away from this good or bad is, is kind of my thought to Lions fans right now.
0: I think that the... I agree. I'm not gonna if they if they lose. I, I'm not overreacting or anything. I mean, I think they're they're clearly the Chiefs are clearly favored to win. Um, I'm expecting to win. I, I I know that I have been on the Lions hype train and been laughed at, spit on, kicked. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think everybody's pretty high on this team, but. I just go back, like, so now you're telling me that their best defensive player and their best offensive weapon outside of Patrick Mahomes aren't playing. Um, am I am I going to be, like, pounding the table if they don't win the game? No. Do I think they will keep it close? Yes, and they should keep it close. So, to be honest, I am concerned if they go out there and are unprepared and get the top blown off in Arrowhead Stadium. I don't love that. I don't love the start to that season. I'm not saying it's death to the season by any means, but it'll be disappointing. They've had all offseason to prepare. Um, I think the team is ready. One of the question marks that I have, Brent is look at Patrick Mahomes. For example, he took preseason reps, even if it was a series or two, I'm slightly concerned that we have not seen the O-line play at all. I get the health factor. I'm more concerned. I haven't seen Jared Goff play. Jared Goff, hasn't earned the right in this league to just not take any preseason snaps. Um I'm I'm concerned about uh this wide receiver room in particular, and I hope that Dan Campbell knew what he was doing in and not playing these guys and Brad Holmes, that they made that joint decision because the first snapper that we're all seeing Jared Goff take this year is gonna be under the bright lights to kick off the NFL season in Arrowhead Stadium. So I do think that um, that they will be ready. I think they will be prepared. Um, I think they have a real chance to win this game. And they, they've got a chance. So the, the hype train is rolling right now. The people in the city are excited. You go out and win that game in Arrowhead Stadium Thursday night, it's going to be insane around here. Um, and, and I'm excited for it. Because I do think that the even just looking at the first four games of the season, Brant, you've got Chiefs, which pretty good potential loss. You've got the Seahawks, who were a playoff team last year. Now it that is a home game, and then you've got Atlanta and Green Bay. Um, at worst, you it's two and two. It, you go any any worse than two and two, I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned and a little bit like. Yeah, there there were some things that went wrong here. But a a win in Arrowhead would be absolutely huge for them. I think they can do it. I think we're selling them short if we think that they just need to compete or that we'll be happy if they compete. Like, there aren't any moral victories in the NFL. I, I think that from a talent standpoint, they should be right in the thick of it. And if Dan Campbell is who we think he is, if... Ben Johnson can scheme the way we think he can scheme and the additions to this defense that were made in the offseason through the draft and through free agency. If we believe in it, like we did at the time, they should be able to compete with the best of the best in my opinion. So um, I, I think that Thursday night is going to be exciting. Um, I'm a little, a little nervous for it. I hope it goes well, but I, I think that this team has what it takes. And so I guess my, Question for you, Brant, from a divisional standpoint, is looking at the NFC North, looking at the quarterbacks in the division right now, there is no more Aaron Rodgers, but you've got Goff, you've got Fields, you've got Kirk Cousins, and you've got uh, Jordan Love, who's kind of an unknown to a certain extent. Do we have the best quarterback in the division?
1: Oh, man. I love this question because... I think it comes down to two guys, Um, and and it's even tough with that because I think that Kirk has been so consistent for so long that him and Jared Goff are kind of in the same vein a little bit. Uh, But I think Justin Fields, um, his dynamic playmaking sets him apart from the other two, Um, and Jordan Love. You're right, Dave. He's a complete unknown, and I would like to stay away from him at at all if all possible. Um, But I just love the way that Justin can can either run the ball or throw the ball. And now they're kind of building that offensive line for him, which is kind of nice to see from the Bears' perspective. Uh, you know, they went out and got him a DJ Moore. Uh, Darnell Mooney still there. Cole Komet, a good tight end. Um, if they can get the running game and kind of get some zone read going, some mesh going – I could see Justin Fields really being in the MVP race. I think that's a legit possibility for them. I don't see Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff ever kind of tossing their hat in the ring of MVP just because they don't do it with their legs. Um, To say that we don't have the best quarterback in the NFC North, I could see it either way, to to be honest with you. And I hate being so wishy-washy on it, but I would say right now, We're going to find out this year who the best quarterback in the NFC North is because now that Aaron Rodgers has moved on, it's time for a new king to take the throne of the NFC North, and it's kind of up for grabs this year, Dave. And I'm just so interested to see who kind of comes out leading the pack, especially because – you're going to get Packers-Bears in week one, and that's going to be a real highlight game for the Bears after getting kicked around for so many years by the Packers. Not just them, but the Vikings and the Lions, too, for so many years by the Packers winning this division so many times that it's kind of like – it reminds me of when Tom Brady left the Patriots and kind of the AFC East kind of got a little bit of a, a reprieve from just being like, ah, oh, Tom and Bill are going to run the division again, you know. It's just kind of been Aaron Rodgers' division, so – it's get, someone's going to have to sit on the new throne of the uh, NFC North. And I really don't think it's going to be the Packers and Jordan Love. So I'm, I'm very interested to see, see how this plays out. But if I had to put money on it today, Dave, I would say that Justin Fields maybe takes that crown.
0: Yeah, I think just Fields' ability to extend plays with his legs and, and make plays and be a dynamic playmaker gives him the highest upside um, for sure. I don't think that's even a question looking at the group. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like you, I asked the question, but I really don't know either. I don't know if I can say Jared Goff is the best. He's the. I can't even say he's the most proven. I mean, to Kirk cousins, you can certainly argue that, right? Like I, I think that Goff has the, he is in the best position to succeed right now. And so for that reason, I'd say the, if there was any pressure to that conversation, it's on this year. I mean, he's got arguably one of the best offensive lines in the league. He's got a solid running back in David Montgomery, a 12th overall pick and Jameer Gibbs, another weapon, a top 10 wide receiver in the league in Amonra St. Brown. Um, they just spent a second round pick on Sam Laporta. I know the JMO things we won't know for a while. Um, I have questions about the the wide receiver room till he gets back and even when he is back I, I'm still not entirely sold on, on that wide receiver room. But Goff has the weapons. He's got the protection. Um, he's got a great play caller that was an almost head coach this year in Ben Johnson. And so He's got the keys right now to, to to take this thing um and and make it his own and and really cement himself because I I think one thing that's interesting Brant with the Lions is there was so much and there's still so much love for Matthew Stafford um and Matt Stafford could do no wrong in his time in in Detroit. And, you know, it doesn't matter. They never won a playoff game. I get it. I mean, he was likable. He was a gamer. He was all of those things. Led them to some some great wins, but never got it done in the postseason. But, Brant, you know, just like I do, this city puts Matthew Stafford in. A, like, they would build a statue outside of Ford Field. And I think, in a way, what's been unfair to, to Jared Goff is he comes into that situation. It was like right away, like oh he's horrible like oh he was just a throw-in in this trade it was always like and, and I was guilty of that too like so who are so who's next after Goff like who's the long-term answer because it can't be Goff well I mean why can't it be I mean I think that's what we're going to kind of find out this year um, I know they've they've got Teddy back there I mean he's a backup who knows with Hendon Hooker what the long-term vision is there um, but Jared Goff although I mean the way he finished last season, he was one of the best and most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he threw like one interception in the last like nine or ten games, some crazy, crazy stat. Probably can't necessarily replicate that. But if he can be that Jared Goff and and understand what he is good at and know he doesn't need to be the guy that's chucking it, you know, forty yards downfield and I think if he can play to his strengths in that offense, that I'm sure that Ben Johnson has designed for him to be successful, Jared Goff could have a really, really good season. And I'm curious what it will take. And maybe that's a question for you, Brant. What do you think it will take for the city to rally behind Jared Goff? I'm not saying people don't like him, but I still get this vibe that's just like, yeah, but Goff. Like nobody knows because it's Jared Goff and – People just aren't fully bought in yet. And, and nobody knows, like, two years from now, who's the starting quarterback of the Lions. Not a ton of people, I think, are saying Jared Goff at, at this point. Maybe. I think it maybe changed a little bit more towards the end of last year. But what do you feel like it's going to take for that narrative to change, for the city, for these fans to rally around Jared Goff? And do you feel like it's the same type of thing in the locker room, or do you think these players really believe in him as QB1?
1: It's kind of like a two part question. I'll just start with the back end of the question. I believe that the players are fully behind him. I think that they fully buy into Jared Guff. I think he's a nice guy. Like, I think he's just a genuine dude that people probably rally around and are like, hey, man, he's with us. He's not maybe the most vocal guy, but he he goes through every motion with us. He's not you know secluded from us. He's part of everything that we do. You know, he seems like a very down-to-earth type guy from everything that I've either read about him or seen, whether it was hard knocks or, you know, a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff from the Lions. Like, I just feel like he's kind of a dude's dude, if you will. Um, now, where I think he's missing something that Stafford had that uh, Goff hasn't done yet, if you will, is is probably his signature moment. Like, Stafford had a few signature moments, whether it was like the comeback against the Cowboys that year where they were down by like twenty some points and you know the, the triple coverage pass to to Calvin Johnson, you know. Uh or you talk about like the remember the Cleveland Browns game, Dave, where he you no, know, you know, he's screaming, right? Um or or the uh the one QB sneak where he sneaks into the end zone and spikes the ball after whatever, you know, there were a few signature moments for Matthew Stafford where the city was like, yeah, that's our guy. That's the guy that the city can rally behind now, you know? And we talk about this, Dave, almost all the time about Detroit is so starved for a star, like a dude that is just an alpha outspoken, um, is down for the city, you know, um, and we just haven't had that in in spades at all for for the city of Detroit. But they're looking for a dude to rally around now. I like I said, I don't think Goff is ever going to be that vocal dude. But let him break his pinky on his non throwing hand to come out and, and win a football game. Like it might just take like that from from people to to realize that you know it doesn't have to be a broken collarbone or, or whatever Stafford had that one time. Um, but I think they just saw him grit through the pain. Of playing so many football games for the city of Detroit, um, you know it didn't it didn't hurt that he was kind of like a family go- dude. You know what I mean? Like he was a likable guy too. So I, I think it had a lot to do with those signature moments, though, Dave, where the city was able to to rally behind him. So I think Jared Goff just needs some of that. And and why not take this team into Kansas City? That could very much be a signature moment, especially a game winning drive or something like that. Could you imagine how the city would rally behind him at that point?
0: I teed that up for you perfectly. And that was exactly, that's my answer. I think he's missing his signature moment. And I think that Kansas city, that that's the point I'm rolling into Thursday night that if he goes in there and has his moment and they win that game because of Jared Goff or a drive he brought, I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. I do. Um, I, I think that you will see the city and these fans rally behind Jared Goff. And not that the fans dictate like the direction of the team, but I mean, Dan Campbell has said it. The players have said it. They feel the energy around this team. If they can, if they, if everybody can get behind Jared Goff, Man, it's going to be a heck of a season. I I really do believe that. So, Brant, quickly, before we get into the bets, give me your last 30-second spiel. What's happening with the Lions this season? I'm throwing you for a curveball. It's not in the agenda. What's your record prediction? What happens in the postseason if there is one for the Detroit Lions?
1: How dare you? You don't prepare me for this at all. Wow. Some co-host you are. Um, Dave, I'm gonna roll with uh I've been kind of I've been kind of uh split on this, but I very much feel um ten and seven would be this team's ceiling. And it's gonna sound crazy to say, but I think their floor is like nine and eight. So I think they very much fall into the, the uh um the wild card position. I don't think that they end up winning this division. I think that they are right there. I I I, sh- I say they're not going to win the division, but I also feel like the Bears or the Vikings are also going to be 10-7 and 7 or 9-8. and 8. So I-, I think it's going to be one of those, um, whoever has the tiebreaker against the other one type of situation. Um, so while I say that, I don't think they'll win the division. I think it's like a 1A, 1B type of deal for the Lions this year. I don't think that they come out and, and just win like 12 games.
0: Do they make the playoffs?
1: Yes, I do. I think they make the playoffs. I don't,
0: do they do they win a playoff game in the wild card round in your scenario? No. Okay. All right, I'm I'm on the, the surprise that nobody who's listened to the podcast this year. I, I'm I'm oh, the going to the
1: Super Bowl. We got it, Dave. You don't I'm, have to go I'm the,
0: <laughs> easy. I'm the opposite here. I think I'm not too far off from the, the record prediction. Um, I'm going to go eleven and six for the Lions. I think they do. I think eleven and six gets it done. I think they win the NFC North. I think that they host their first playoff game at Ford Field, and I think they win a playoff game this season. I won't go beyond that. I'm not claiming NFC champion or anything. I think that's got to be the goal. I think it's a realistic goal. I've been saying that for a very long time. But I think this is the year that the Lions break through. Not only do they make the playoffs, but they win the division, they host the game, and they win a playoff game. And I think that... Dan Campbell, forever a hero in the city of Detroit.
1: Dave, who's their biggest competition? (laughs) Do you think it's the Bears or do you think it's the Vikings?
0: I do not think that it is... (sighs) I don't think the... (laughs) I'm not not worried about the Vikings. I'm really not. Um, I I think it's probably the Bears for me. Just because I feel like Justin Fields. I just don't know what kind of season he's about to have. And I feel... Just in my gut that he's about to make that leap this year, and and like a Jalen Hurts type of
1: leap, where you're he like, He started whoa. last year. He started last yeah. year, like really turning it on. And I mean, we're yeah. talking about hundred yard plus rushing games where it was like he looked kind of unstoppable at some points. I didn't. I yeah. don't think unstoppable for the entire game, but at some points there were some drives that you were like, dang, he looks unstoppable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last thing I'll say on the Lions, and we'll transition out here. Keep an eye on that defense. I think that defense is going to end up being a sneaky good defense this year. From from where they've been to where they are now, this is Brad Holmes' team. This is his roster. These are the guys he drafted. These are the free agents he's brought in. Aaron Glenn is back. I think they're going to have a sneaky sneaky good defense. Aiden Hutchinson in year two. I think the year after, he'll really make that leap in year three. But just keep an eye on that defense. I think it's an underrated part of this team that we're not that we're not talking about. But, Brant, let's wrap this up. Let's get into the betting segment. Even though I don't want to. I know. Go ahead. Just start it off. Say what you want to say. Go <laughs> Dave, ahead. I don't,
1: I don't want to have to. Giving you the floor. I don't want to have to do this to you, Dave. Um, last week, uh, I went four for six. So, a solid week for me overall. Lock of the week. Of course, nailed it. Um, <laughs>
0: Humble brag.
1: Humble brag. Yeah, Dave, you did take one on the chin. Um, going over for... one, one on the chin. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. over for five for Dave for last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the drops. You can do all what? the drops because <laughs> it, was, it yeah. was that bad from you last week. But, you know, um, this is why that you don't go out and just think like you can beat, you know, the book all the time. But um, a good week for me last week. And, um, Dave, let's start with the NFL this week. Um, we'll get to college football on the back burner. But we just talked about it. Lions, Chiefs. Um, I kind of already gave away who I think is gonna win the game, um, but uh, Dave, with the Lions uh, going to Arrowhead, the line has moved. It was six and a half. It has moved to five and a half with the Travis Kelsey news. Um, do you like the Lions with five and a half points? Travelling to Arrowhead,
0: restore the roar, baby. Give me the Lions plus five and a half. I will take that. What about
1: you? Dave, I really loved it at six and a half. Like, I felt like that was kind of my number. I was kind of settled with it. going to roll with the Chiefs. I'm just going to take them with a five and a half to cover. I like that number. Um, Stop looking at me like that. I don't love you judging me on this.
0: Oh, do you, Brant? You love the number, do you? (laughs) That's good. Glad you love it.
1: Um, right. Okay. Cowboys and Giants. Our Cowboys, Dave, traveling to New York. Um, Giants getting three and a half at home.
0: I'll take the Giants getting three and a half at home. I... Yeah, I I don't need to say much about the Cowboys. (laughs) I know they made some good additions. I, I I think that the Giants are a better coach team right now. I do. The Cowboys might win this game, but they they play this game every year. Sunday night football. It opens the season. Like I feel like I know how, how this goes. Even if they win. It'll be it'll be close. It'll be like a twenty one twenty something something like that. Dave, but, I'm
1: right there. I'm right there with you. I love the three and a half points here for the home team. Uh, opening night. Um I, I think you're completely right. I think Dallas could probably backdoor it with a field goal or something, but I don't. I don't love the Cowboys getting three or you know being favored by three and a half points. No, give me the Giants. Um, okay, the new mayor of New York City gets to play on Monday night. His name is Aaron Rodgers. He owns the Big Apple now. Um, <laughs> he's taking on Josh yeah. Allen. He welcomes in Josh Allen. Uh, you know, uh, the New York Jets are, or. Getting two and a half points at home.
0: I'll take the Jets getting two and a half points at home. Um I don't know. I mean, not a not a fan of Aaron Rodgers, but the team is good. That defense is is good. Love Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams, like I like I like them. Brees Hall is playing. I know he'll be limited um, in action, but add Delvin Cook into there. I think Garrett Wilson prime for a huge season. The Bills, I could see having a little bit of a backslide this year. I don't know. I'm not as high on them this year as I as I was. Um, I just feel like they're kind of stuck, like they're there at the top, but a little bit in purgatory where I don't know what it's going to – I felt like they were closer two years ago. And I, everybody remembers that game, right? Bills and Chiefs, like insane. And I just feel like since then it was like they're good, but they're not that team. Um, and I don't know who they've added or what they've added this year to really make me change. Um, I like James cook. I'll tell you that. Like I, I like where he's going to play for them at running back, but eh, I'm, I gotta take the jets here. Uh, with what was, what'd you say it was two and a half, Yeah. half plus two and a half. All right. Yeah. What about you?
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with you as well on this. I'll take the two and a half with the, with the home team. Um, <laughs> Dave, I know you're a huge Aaron Rodgers guy, so I'm just gonna roll. The yeah,
0: <laughs> there it is. There no, it is.
1: I, I, no, I really believe that this defense is is gonna be something special. I, I I love the um I love the Sauce Gardner comment you made the Quinn and Williams. Those guys are, are legit, like Pro Bowl good. Uh, CJ Mosley roaming the middle there. Um, yeah, I I absolutely love this Jets defense. So. I'll take the two-and-a-half anytime I can get them. Um, So, Dave, that's enough for the NFL for right now. Let's switch over to uh, when we talked about prime, Colorado, uh, Nebraska, going to Colorado. This line is wild to me. So Colorado is now favored by two-and-a-half points. They were like underdogs by like seven-and-a-half like a week ago against Nebraska. Now we've seen kind of what Nebraska is. We've seen what Colorado is. But they're only favored by two and a half now. Dave, is something weird about this line or or you like it?
0: I I'm all in on Colorado right now, man. Bring it national championship bound. Uh no. Um I I think that uh yeah, I, I watched I watched um can't say I caught the entire Colorado game it was on the same time as Michigan. But I saw enough of it to, to believe in them, to believe in Travis Hunter, Sims, or whoever that quarterback is from Nebraska, turnover prone, I'm not super, I know he can run. I think Travis Hunter could give him a, uh, a nightmare. I think he, he kind of showed what he was against Minnesota. Maybe he'll end up being good, but for right now as it stands, at home, Coach Prime, throw on the sunglasses, whether it's dark, bright, doesn't matter. Colorado covering minus two and a half. You?
1: Uh, I don't like rolling with you this much, but I'm going to go with Colorado as well.
0: Yeah, uh, this isn't good. We're only different right now on the Lions and Chiefs.
1: I don't love this right now, um, but I do love two and a half because if you win by a field goal, I love that. Uh, I like Prime getting his first home game. That crowd is going to be absolutely jacked, dude. Uh, tough road environment. Nebraska to have to go to Minnesota and then turn around and go to Colorado. Two very tough environments to play in. Uh, I don't think they get it figured out this week. I like Colorado to cover the two and a half as well. So Texas at Bama, Dave. This is the showcase game of the weekend. We got Sarkeesian against Saban, um, you know, former assistant of his, uh, you know, uh, Sarkeesian. So um, Alabama. Giving away seven at home night game. Who do you like, Dave?
0: Texas should have beat Alabama last year. I I, I remember that play clearly. If Bryce Young there and that safety. I look. I love Sarkeesian against Saban. I love this Texas team. Didn't love how they played week one. Not super impressed with them. Um, I think that this is going to be a really good game. Bama looked good. Jaden Milrow or Jalen Milroe looked good. Um, But seven points seems like a lot, and I think Texas has a lot to prove. I do think this is a game that they've had circled for quite a while, whereas for Bama, they know it's an important game, but it may not be their Georgia game. So I think Texas catches them a little bit here. I think it's closer than seven points. I will take Texas plus seven. You?
1: Okay, finally. We can differ a little bit. I'm going to grab Bama. All right, good. I'm going to grab Bama. I would love it more if it was six and a half. I really would, but I'll take it with seven. Um, I think Milroe does enough. I think he's athletic enough to cause Texas some problems. I don't think that te- – I watched some of the Texas Rice game. I was not impressed with Texas very much. That doesn't mean that they're not going to come out and just throw the ball all over Alabama's defense. I get that. But I think Alabama's defense is stout enough up front to stop them – Uh, from running the ball and uh, texas is forced to throw the ball and quinn Ewers, i don't know if i've seen enough from him just yet dave to trust him to go into tuscaloosa and win a football game i mean that is dave i don't know what you think is the toughest place to win in college football but i'm going to guess that alabama is in your top five that's for sure probably your top sure is sure is so uh I don't trust that from a night game perspective, but do I think it's going to be a great game? I absolutely do. Um, So I will roll with Alabama this weekend.
0: All right, good. We are at least different on two of those, uh, two of those, what, five picks. So, all right, that's not bad. All right, man, give me the lock of the week. Let's get out of here.
1: All right, Dave, I love this. Uh, So I'm kind of scouring around. Uh, I don't normally do prop bets for this type of stuff, but I love Christian McCaffrey to score on the Steelers defense this weekend. I think he's going to get a ton of use this weekend. He is plus 100 to score a touchdown anytime. I think those are fantastic odds. I love that from, um, you know, everybody's healthy in week one. That's the coolest part about week one. You know, they're going to be putting him in different positions. He's going to either catch a touchdown or run in for a touchdown. I think c is going to have a nice day uh, this Sunday against the Steelers. Your thoughts on that, Dave?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of every week it's going to be yeah. probably right around that. So you can t- toss your money on CMC and see what happens with it. I don't know if it's a lock, but it's pretty good chance. Pretty good yeah. chance. So that he gets in the end zone. Yes, and after last week, I guess we just got to take your advice blindly. So whatever. <laughs> All right, that does it for us here on Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 5. Make sure if you haven't done so already that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Positive comment, review goes a long way. And make sure that you also subscribe to the Garage Takes YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. Go Lions. They're going to do it, Brant. And I cannot wait to see you next time. We're talking about the Lions being 1 and 0. See you guys next time. by Riverside.